Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen, and today I have a special guest with me, a very good friend of mine, Haley Hoover. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun to have her here with me. We go way back to college days at Union University. Way, way back. (laughs) That was a lifetime ago. It seems like it is for sure. But Haley, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, I'm Haley Hoover, and I am Mallory's friend. (laughs) I'm so glad I'm here with you today. This is a very uh, legit operation you're running over here, Mal. Uh, Um, I live in Memphis, Tennessee. I have a daughter. I am a marketing consultant, and... Really, that's pretty much all you need to know about me. That's and you have a husband. I well, yes. <laughs> oh, whoa! Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> she got nervous Poor and Ryan. forgot. Yes, Ryan's very much a part of my life, and he's great, and I love him. And he was my husband's roommate in college. Yeah, this is how we go so far back. Mallory and Josh really saw the rise and fall, and then the rise again of Haley and Ryan. <laughs> And it's it's been a journey, but it's been great. It has been. It's been fun. And now we're both moms together. Yes. So and that is really fun. It is fun. All right. So on this lightheartedness and fun note, I want to ask Haley a couple of fun questions, some of our rapid fire questions and see what she says before we get into her story. All right, Haley. Okay. So first one. You've been a New Yorker, so we all yeah. know that y'all do takeout. Would you rather eat takeout or would you rather eat out at a restaurant? That's, I mean, yeah, I'm a New, I'm a ex-New Yorker at this point, and I would always rather eat out, but in the spirit of New York, we do a lot of takeout. And <laughs> I think it's a little foreign for Memphians, but I still, I make it work. <laughs> all right. Two. Would you rather have coffee or tea? Coffee. But it's not even a, it's not a question. I'll drink coffee at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I do that too. It doesn't affect me. Honestly, I wish that it did so it would keep me up when I drank it. It does affect me now. And I have to think (laughs) twice when I make that cappuccino at 830 at night. But it's usually because, you know, I got work to do or something. Yeah. All right. Now, what is your favorite part of the day? I really like the morning. This does not necessarily mean I am a morning person, but I like the morning when we're just opening the windows, opening the blinds in our house, and everyone's getting their coffee. And I just like that sort of togetherness that we have as a family. I love that. All right. What is your favorite place now that you've told them you're new to Memphis, mm-hmm. what is your favorite place to eat here in Memphis? Because I know you're big on like local. Yes. Things. Always eat local people. I'm a huge proponent of that. I really like whatever the Andrew Michael guys do. So I love Catherine and Mary's and Bishop, which Mal, and Josh, and Ryan and I have been to eat 
Yes, almost died there. We had a very eventful (laughs) dinner at Bishop. Choked. I will never. She choked. My husband had to almost do the Heimlich. Josh, like, very calmly stood up to do the Heimlich maneuver. We shouldn't laugh because it was really serious at the time. Yeah, I I couldn't be. I might not be here. Yeah, you know, you lived. I was fine. She lived. Okay. All right, maybe too much information, but still funny story. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you were shopping, I know you love to shop. Yes. You always have. Yes. And you were limited to buying only one item that you could walk out of the store with, what would it be? Yeah, so I'm I'm a fashion girl through and through. I th- I would say shoes, really. I a lot of girls are like jeans or a bag, but I'm I'm into shoes. That's my thing. Yes, I think that she is telling the <laughs> truth on that one. So <laughs> I don't usually see the same pair on her feet <laughs> more than once. Okay, so that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but slightly true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so those are fun ways for you to just get to know Haley a little bit better and hear how I almost choked and died. So yep. glad that came up. If but... you want to go out to eat with me, it's always eventful and there will be cool shoes. So, <laughs> All right, so today... We are going to talk a little bit more about Haley's story. And I think that a lot of you will identify with it. Um, It's funny that I chose to use the word identify because we're actually, when me and her were talking about her coming on and interviewing with me and everything, we talked a lot about just the ways that she's growing in the Lord and as a mom and just in her finding her identity in in Christ, ultimately, I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with. So I'm excited for her to share with you. And I'm just going to be here, a fly on the wall, listen and um, and enjoy and see what the Lord is doing in her life. Okay. Well, thank you, Mal, for the opportunity to get to share this. And also, you've been with me through sort of this whole entire journey. Um, so I just, it's special to get to rewalk through this with you again. Um, but yeah, I have really, to be quite honest, been going through a bit of an identity crisis. My daughter is nearly two. And the last two years, I have really had to relearn what identity looks like. I am someone who, even though I've grown up in the church, I've known Jesus my whole life, I've known a lot of these truths for a very long time. I think I had, I've had to do a lot of undoing and relearning of things. I am someone who has tied my identity to a lot of different things in my life in different seasons. For for a little while, it was all about the size of my jeans and, you know, how fit I could be. And for most of my 20s and into my 30s, I'm, I'm 32 now, so really just up until now, um, I rooted a lot of who I was into my work. I'm pretty proud of my resume. I worked in New York City in fashion at these magazines and websites that I dreamed of working at and worked with brands that I had just fawned over growing up. And I couldn't believe I was there. And I'm so thankful that God gave me that opportunity. But um, when my husband and I got into this chapter of wanting to have a family, knowing that my job was very intense and there were a lot of long hours and there was a lot of stress that I would bring home with me. I felt like I was being called to take a step back from that. 
I felt like God wanted me to be home with my daughter. And I also grew up with a mom who was able to stay home while we were small, and I knew the benefit of that. And also just financially, it made the most sense for us living in in New York City. Um, so I was, uh, I felt like that was the call, but I felt pretty wishy-washy about it leading up to giving birth. And a lot of people said to me, oh, when the baby comes, it's going to make so much sense. <laughs> yes. We should all be laughing at that. <laughs> because I know that your world's about to get rocked. <laughs> right. And everyone said, oh, it will all fall into place when the baby comes. And I thought, well, good, because it's not falling into place now. So, okay, okay, I'll wait. And then my beautiful daughter, Gramercy, comes, and I love her so much. She's so much fun. But, you know, I'm a few weeks or months into the into that job, really, of being a mom, and I'm like, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. I don't feel like I'm good at this. I don't feel like I have clarity. Can I please just go back to my old job where an editor was yelling at me, and I have a stacked calendar with no time to eat, and I have to tell Gucci that we weren't able to get the fourth bag style in the hero shot, and that's going to be a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I know that not, might sound not stressful to some people, but to me it was, and I also knew how to handle that stress. I was good at that. I did not feel good at being a mom to a newborn. Um, and I had a pretty easy baby, too, or so I'm told. Well, I mean, not really any baby's totally easy. Right. But in like circumstance of like colic and stuff, maybe. Yes. But like it's I mean, they'll just throw you off. It's like when you get a schedule, they're ready to like go up an ounce in food or they get their days and nights mixed up and you're just kind of in the middle of like this pattern of trying to figure figure, excuse me, her out, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And Exactly. Things are always changing. But here I was in our little apartment in New York and I thought all I have to do is get this baby to sleep and like maybe try to run across the street and do the laundry at the laundromat. And I couldn't do it. And that was very hard for me. I'm a very I'm like a high output person. And when Ryan would come home from work and I had literally nothing done, I felt like such a failure. So here I am. I'm supposed to be a mom and have this new identity of a stay-at-home mom. And I I didn't feel good at it. Um, I just, I was, I really didn't feel like I was thriving. And I felt confused because I felt like God had called me to this and it didn't feel comfortable. And then Graham was born in September of 2019. March of 2020 rolls around. I mean, you know what I'm getting into. The whole world starts shutting down. My grandfather passes away and we leave the city for a week to be with my family and we ended up not coming back until three months later. So we went to Kentucky to be with my family. My daughter is five months old. This whole plan that I had for my year at home of taking off work was busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like gone and done and... Uh, I didn't get any of the things that I was sort of dreaming about, going to the museums, riding the train, going to music class. None of that. None. I'm on a farm in Kentucky, which actually ended up being the best thing for me to be with my mom, who really understood what I was going through and was a huge help with me spiritually and emotionally sort of getting to a place 
where I felt a little more understood. Mm -hmm. And during that time where I'm in Kentucky and I'm displaced, I started reading through Deuteronomy. And I was like, this is going to be very boring, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) But actually, I would encourage a lot of people to read through Deuteronomy. It's one of my favorite books now. Um, And really, Moses is talking to this new generation of Israelites, getting them ready to go into the promised land, this place that they had been waiting for. And he's giving a lot of words of wisdom, both positive and negative. Um, So I came across Deuteronomy 2.7, which says, The Lord has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He has watched over your journey through this vast wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. And I, even still, I come back to that verse. Um, And I know, you know, he's talking to the Israelites who were wandering for 42 years. So, but I can still replace it for the 32 years of my life. And especially this last, you know, that last, those at the time, those last few months of really feeling like I was wandering. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have always blessed me. Always. You have always been faithful. I can't think of a time where you didn't show up when you needed to. I can't think of a time where I look back and I don't see you there. God God was very much saying, you're in the wilderness. That's how I felt. I was in very uncharted territory. Yes. Um, but God reminded me through this, through this reading of Deuteronomy that I'm right there with you and you've got to remember my track record. And so that was incredibly encouraging to me. Um, I love that. That's great. Such a comfort to know that like he gave you that verse in a book that you thought you're not even going to get anything from. I was like Deuteronomy hype girl after that. I was like, (laughs) everyone needs to get into this book. It is great. Old Testament. Um, Yes, I still felt a little floaty after that, but I did feel a little more assured in that like, okay, God sees me right now. So that's cool. Um, And we ended up going back to the city in June and we were in our little tiny apartment. Tiny. I don't even know how to express how small it is, Um, but we were back with our friends and in the city and we were sort of praying about the next thing for our family and God confirmed some things while we were gone. And one of those was it was probably time to move on from New York City. Um, But we didn't have a lot planned out. And I'm still like, what's going to happen to me? (laughs) (laughs) Where will I go? Am I just, this is me now? Um, So I continued to read. um, And I then came to Isaiah 43, 19, which says, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And then I was like, oh, okay. So not only do you see me here, you have a way forward for me. And that was even more exciting because I was like, okay, something else is coming. But even though it's kind of hard right now, I need to just trust that something else will come. And so now you're... The something else that you know of so far, we only get like a lamp to our feet, right? Right. But like, is you moved to Memphis. Yes. Which I'm yes. super happy about. It's so great. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's been a struggle yeah. because you left 
so quickly. And honestly, we did too from mm-hmm. Georgia, like what was normal for you in this city that you loved and these dreams that you had, even now revolving around being a mom yeah, and right. picking up and moving mm-hmm. in the middle of a crazy pandemic that everyone has gone through something weird or yes, crazy. Everyone in. has a, a story tied to this year. And so, I mean, all of that tied up with just the emotions of trying to, like, get a handle on being a new mom. Yeah. That's well, a I'm, lot. It, it is so much. It was a lot. And it has been a lot. And sort of through all of that, I was still like, okay, where do I fit in on all of this? I am really grateful. I want to be very clear. I understand the blessing of being able to be home with my daughter. I know that there are a lot of parents out there that would really like that opportunity. Um, And I don't mean to sound ungrateful because I am, but as I'm sort of seeking through clarity and that, you know, being a mom is just a dimension of who we are. And I was never a woman who that was my highest priority. That was like the biggest badge I wanted to wear. So then it really started to come down to, and in the past even few months, I've been like, okay, well, I can't keep tying my identity to these different things that are really fleeting because every time one of them goes away, I'm in the pit again. Um, And so then it came down to, oh, maybe I... I actually don't believe what God has to say about me. I had to have a lot of hard conversations with the Lord. I remember even when we were praying between leaving the city and moving, my husband got laid off in in the midst of everything, and that was really scary. Um, I remember hearing a friend sharing about something really cool the Lord had done for her, and I thought, oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad you did that for my friend. And God said, Haley, don't you think I'll do that for you? And honestly, I answered back, no, I don't think you do. And that was a really pivotal moment for me in realizing that I didn't believe all the things that God was saying to me. For me, I, I read the script, I read scripture, I use it to encourage my friends, I believe those things for my friends, but I, I didn't realize this until the, sort of some of those chats with the Lord, but I had excluded myself from a lot of the promises that he had for me. And you can talk to my husband, and i that's sort of my MO. People <laughs> say stuff to me, and I'm like, oh, they're just being nice. They don't really mean that. Um, and so it's been a lot. It was a hard realization. I felt embarrassed about that and not trusting the Lord in that way. But it's been pivotal for me in really getting to work on that element of my faith because it's so foundational. Yeah, just believing the promises, like what he says about us is true. I I think that I think that this this like your story is so relatable because you know, I'm just having flashbacks in my mind too of just, you know, and I'm sure that you out there listening are as well just in the moments that you know, you realize that you've that you've hitched your wagon to something that's not that's not Jesus. Right. Like and yes. it's been, you know, the size of your jeans. It's been you know, back in days before you were a mom, like who you married, Mm -hmm. what job 
you had or what job you still have or the kids that you have or what they're doing and you start tying your identity to the things that they accomplish and the things that they do when ultimately all of those things don't matter in comparison to the Lord's consistent and unwavering love for us, right? And what he says about us is true, and that's that we are a child of his, and and that's that's all that matters. Yes. But, I mean, I know that we all get called up. I know that I do, and that you've just shared that, and and so many other things. And so that that's a huge encouragement. I love that verse in Isaiah. That was yeah. Isaiah 43, 19. 19. That's worth writing down. It's a it's a really good one, especially when we find ourselves as as women, as moms, in those seasons of like, uh, is this all that there is for me? Um, and investing in our children is a huge honor, um, but it's it's a pretty selfless act, you know. the The attention gets removed from mom and dad all the time, and. I think finding the balance is healthy and knowing that God can use use us, use me as a as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, as a colleague. Um, and I have to believe that. I have to trust that on the days that it feels like, okay, we're going on another walk. And <laughs> Or you have a fever again. You have oh my gosh, again. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. She's had a hand, foot, and mouth, y'all. It's not <sighs> been fun. Not now. <laughs> We're, we're clean now, but it has been a month and a half of illness, and oh my gosh. I'm not, I'm well physically, emotionally, I am broken. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just hard. Like, motherhood is a wild season, and especially when you go all in on it. So, you know, there's been great pockets and you know just time to settle into our new home and I do some marketing consulting as well so I go through periods where I do get to work and God's been very kind in giving me those opportunities um and so I get you know I find these glimmers of what my place is um and I'm I'm very I'm very thankful for that and Mallory you and I have talked about this a lot of times I think I feel proud and that I'm now at a place where I see my friends, I'll get on LinkedIn and I'll see my friends that I've worked with and they're really moving up. They're doing amazing things. I think that if I had stuck with, you know, continuing to work the last two years, I'd probably be in a position to really have some senior leadership positions, like high up stuff, like senior director, VP type stuff. And that would have been really exciting for me to have. I I would have been very proud to have those things. But... I know I can do those things later. I can't have days where I'm just playing with Gramercy and we're learning her colors together or we're, you know, have the time to paint or randomly play hide and seek on the back porch. I, you know, we all know it's so true. Those moments go away and I'm really grateful to have them and I'm grateful to be in a place where I can you know, look at how my friends, not be envious of my friend's success. I can be happy for them and I can be content in where I am. There are days. <laughs> Some days I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Just but You know that ultimately like you 
won't get those moments back. And of, the Lord has course. you exactly where he wants you. That's of just course. a hard truth and promise mm-hmm. to understand and accept and live out every day, right? It uh, is hard, yeah. And it's hard. It was hard going through that season of feeling a little lost. And after coming out of years and years of knowing exactly what I wanted to do next, um, I was trying to be obedient to this call of you know, being home with my family. But when it didn't feel comfortable or easy or even always fun, it really made me nervous and it made me worry had I made a mistake. Um, so, Well, I think that a lot of moms are going to really relate to this in, in many ways, whatever their story is, but just in finding our identity and in the Lord and ultimately yes. what he has for us. And so Haley's going to join me back next week for a part two. And I love this verse. I told her Isaiah forty three nineteen that the Lord gave her so much that I would love to continue to unpack that. And we yes. have some funny stories that we want to share oh, with you. Yeah. But, you know, whatever, whatever season that you find yourself in, you may be a new mom. And your emotions and your postpartum and everything is just high, you know, running high. Your emotions are crazy. I always like to tell people it's like shattered glass from a vase originally, like with our hormones and everything, (laughs) having a new baby, um, to maybe having elementary age kids or teenagers or wherever you're at. There's new obstacles with every, every season. And if you get wrapped up in your kids or your work or just things of the world and not what the Lord has for you and his next for you. I like how she said he he will make a way forward for you. I think that that is so powerful. So we're going to unpack what does the Lord say about you? Where should we be finding our identity as moms? And that's what we're going to talk about next week. So Haley, if these listeners wanted to find you on Instagram or wherever, how can they do that? Yeah. Instagram. Slide into my DMs. (laughs) Um, My Instagram is at hi Haley Annie. I also have a podcast of my own that I would love for everyone to listen to. It's called 90K Podcast, and we talk about what people do all day. All right. Well, that sounds interesting. And she's just kind of getting that started up, right? Yes. It should be launched um, soon. Okay, perfect. And if this has impacted you today, if you have been touched by this story in our ministry here with Faithful 31 Moms, I also ask that you go and follow at Faithful 31 Moms on Instagram so that we can continue to have interviews like this and share stories and that you can share it with your friends so that they can also be challenged and encouraged as well. I hope that you all have a blessed day and join us back next week. Faithful 31 Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, faithful31moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's faithful31moms.com.